You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast to revive us now, and I am your host, Steve Gray. We're glad to have you with us today, and we're going to talk about revival, and today we're going to talk from 1 Samuel chapter 7, and uh, this one's pretty clear cut of how revival works, and we look back through the Old Testament, and they, the revival is described by uh, theologians and scholars of being kind of a circular, circular uh, motion where uh, the things are going well, then the, then the people of God uh, kind of leave God and get mixed up, and they let down and get involved in the world, and then things go wrong, and then they cry out to God. God rescues them, and everything goes great, and then they let down their guard again. It's sort of, they just keep going in a circle. And you can see that in the Old Testament and probably even in God's people. Today, we do that individually sometimes. When things go well and we let down our guard, we kind of get involved in things, we, you know, just get lazy and uh, and then things don't go so well. We cry out to God. God comes to our rescue. Things go better. And then we let down our guard again. You can you understand that. Well, in uh, chapter 6 and chapter 7 of 1 Samuel, uh, the, the Israelites are in battle with the Philistines. And so they, they're not doing so well. They're not serving the Lord like they should. And so the Ark of the Covenant gets captured. And you know what that is. They had to carry that on poles. And that was the presence and power of God in that day. And uh, they would put that in the Holy of Holies in that day. And so it gets captured. Well, the Philistines wish they hadn't captured because bad things start happening to them. And they go, man, this is not right. This is not worth having this. So they want to return it back to the Israelites, which they do. And when they return it, then the Israelites, though, uh, they, they haven't been serving God. They don't have the Holy of Holies. They don't have the, everything put together like they should. So the best way to describe it is they sort of put it in storage. You know, it's not an active Ark of the Covenant, presence of God, holiness of God, power of God is not activated for them. And so they just sort of put it in storage. It's not working for them, in other words. They've let down their guard. And so, uh, you know, and they start mourning and upset. And, and, and uh, so Samuel said to the Israelites, because they're upset about this, that not, nothing's working for them. And so Samuel says to the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, because they're acting like they, they want to do that. Then he says, then you need to do something. You need to get rid of your foreign gods or get rid of your idols, your Asherah poles, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. Now, this is the formula of getting out of trouble with God, uh, with God's help. Getting out of trouble with God's help. Get out of trouble, whether it be a nation, the, the Israelites, uh, a denomination, your home, Christianity, whatever it is, a nation. If you're returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then get rid of your idols. And in their case, it was the Asherah poles. And commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Or he'll deliver you out of the hand of your enemies. There you go. That's the formula of getting help. So the Israelites put away their Baals, which was their, those, the, the foreign gods, the idols. And the Asherahs, that was... That, that was uh, 
uh, fertility. It was a fertility God, but it wasn't the only ones they had. They had their Baals, and they served the Lord only. So they did it. Now, the interesting thing for us is we don't know how to apply that to ourselves because we look at ourselves. Now, wait, I better, I better back up and help you understand something. These were not people that were serving only other gods. They were not complete uh, idol worshipers like uh, the Philistines were. The Philistines were idol worshipers, totally, and uh, off into that. These are the Israelites who had a mixture. You know, they were serving God. They believed in God. Obviously, they had a prophet of God. They had Samuel. But they mixed it. They were just so mixed up. So they were serving the, the true God, and then they had their idols, and they had the Baals, and they had, the, you know, and they had all these things. So basically the message was, put away everything else. Get rid of all the false stuff. Get rid of your idols. Get rid of all the stuff that's uh, distracting your hearts, and turn your heart to God only, only, and he will deliver you from your enemies. There you go. Formula for revival, formula for deliverance, formula if you're in trouble now, you know people in trouble, just take this formula to them. You just commit your way, get rid of everything else, clean up everything else, and just put your heart totally on him. Well, it's a great formula, but uh, sometimes people do it, sometimes they don't do it, sometimes they don't want to do it, they don't want to get rid of their idols. Let's talk about those idols for just a minute, because today we don't think of idols because we think of idols of, you know, the fish god, or they had carved out trees, or they made little idols, or the Asherah poles, or whatever, you know, different things uh, that people have had through the centuries, and we don't have those in our home. I don't, we've never had them in our home, and you've probably never had them in your home. But yet, we have to describe how God sees an idol, because God's big on not having idols. I mean, that's huge. That's, I mean, that's almost all through the total Bible, God doesn't put up with idols. And so we got to realize, what does God see an idol of, you know, an idol as? Uh, not just you don't carve something up and he's, well, that's an idol and that's not an idol. You see, an idol to God is anything that's non-human or non-deity that, you know, because God's real God, that you give power to, that has power over you, that has characteristics. In other words, anything that's just an object, an object that has been given power by you over you. It does something to you, okay? So in other words, let's say, uh, let's give an example that you can understand that would be an idol that you, could, you can recognize. So let's say you go to church on Sunday and you sit there and you get nothing. You just sit there. It's okay. You wave to your friends. You have coffee before. You sit down. You listen to songs, sermon, duh, duh, do the right thing. And it was okay. And you get out and you leave. But that week you bought a new car. Oh, it's a fine car. It's a car you've been waiting for for a long time. And it's a better car probably than most people around you. And so you come out of a dull service. It didn't do nothing. You didn't feel nothing. You didn't think nothing. But, oh, you got in that car. And when you got in that car, you start feeling good. And you start thinking proud thoughts. And you start thinking good thoughts about yourself. And you start thinking how it made you, it just makes you feel good like a success. You feel like a somebody. It's making your emotions go. It's making your mind go. It's making you, it's, it's giving you a thrill ride. Well, see, that's an idol. Because you've given an object now has power to create feelings, thoughts, in you. And so, same thing. They, they'd create these objects, a pole or a fish god or a frog god or whatever, and they'd set those things down and they'd come and they'd bow before them. Well, why would they do that? Why would anybody be so stupid to do it? 
because they were getting a thrill out of it. They were getting emotions out of it. They were getting feelings out of it. I know it's hard for you to understand, but when you grew up, if you grew up in a house that taught you that that fish god or whatever has power and you were taught that, then you'd bow before it and your imagination and your emotions would, would start pulling on that and you'd get something out of it. Well, these, these uh, Israelites had grown up around a lot of foreign things and they got involved with uh, foreign gods and foreign people and Philistines and so it influenced them and so now they're getting something out of it too and, and Samuel says, you've got to get rid of that if you want to get free from, from your enemies. And, and so now we realize all the idols, anything you, any, any object that has power. So a house could be an idol. If you say, if I just had that house, I could be happy. So you get that house and, oh, now I'm happy. Well, you won't stay happy because objects can't keep you happy. But that, and then all of a sudden we're going like, we, we, we get a movie channel or something and we rush home to get that movie channel on because that movie channel has things on it that make me thrilled, that make me happy, that make me feel good, that nourish me, that give me emotions, that give me, uh, that, uh, that, that give me, you know, the feelings of life. I start, I feel good when I, of course the movie's over and it's over. Uh, and we can, we can do that about, a, about money. I need money. Money can become an idol because money makes me feel, if I had more money, the more money I have, the more better I feel about myself. I feel good. I feel like I'm a person. I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of something. And you get the point? So anything we give, any object that has the power to create something in us, make us feel something, created power. So we've given power to an object to have power over us to create, whether it be money or car or whatever. Uh, we could even go farther than that. I mean, I guess you could do it to a person, you know, movie star, rock star, whatever star, you know, sports star, whatever. And whoa, you just get it. You know, you've almost made an idol out of them. And you get such a thrill. All right. Then all of a sudden, when it comes to God, you go back to church on Sunday, nothing. God doesn't. We're telling great things about God. We're reading the Bible. We're telling scripture. We're saying, praise the Lord, all my soul, how great God is. Great is a great God. Worship God only. We're singing songs about God. We're hearing sermons about God. We're reading the Bible about God. Nothing. Now you got it. That's why you know you got idols. It does nothing for you. And, and now... Now, all of a sudden, you have to have those idols in order to live, in order to feel good. But the problem is then you're, you're, you're wide open to other. So as soon as the idol, as soon as the car breaks down, as soon as the car gets old, now you're back to open to feel bad about yourself. The car gets wrecked. I feel bad. I don't have that car. You lose your home or the you know, home gets old or you, you lose your job. Now you don't have that money. Now all those things come back. And now I feel bad about myself. Now I don't feel good. Now I'm worthless or whatever. All those emotions come in or the movie, movie's over. Now you're just you again. You see what I'm saying? And so now you lose all that. And, and God says, I can deliver you from all that of feeling bad, uh, worthless, and, and get a permanent settlement here of being who you are in God. And God says, I can deliver you from your depression, your oppression. Uh, I can deliver our nation from, from uh, uh, all these bad things going on and other nations and enemies. And, and uh, if you're at war, I can come in and help you deliver them because that's what they did. And then the Philistines came in again. And God then, because they had turned to him with all their hearts, got rid of their idols. And when they came in, it says, the Lord thundered. And guess what happened? 
That's, that was over with because the Philistines, they turned on themselves. They got so confused, and I don't think it was a little bitty thunder. He started thundering from heaven, and it so confused them, so frightened them. They turned on themselves. They, they got so frightened, and they just ran off, and the Israelites chased after them, and that was the end of that. They didn't have any more wars with them for a long time. And so there's your story of how revival works. Turn to the Lord. Get rid of all that stuff. Get rid of your idols. It doesn't mean you can't ever watch a movie, but you can't give it power or a car power. You've got to get rid of the, anything that has power over you and turn to the Lord and let the Lord empower your life. And that's a tiny revival in your own life, but it could be in a nation. That's how revival works, and it will work for you. Hope you got that today. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival. Revival.